Deuteronomy 8, and if you follow along in our Bible reading plan, this was part of either the last week or this week's reading, starting in verse 16, it says, Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, and that he might test you to do good in the end? Verse 17, Then you say in your heart, My power and the might of my hand have gained me this wealth. And I think, you know, I think a lot, I mean, I don't know if it is, I mean, America and and our culture feels that way, is ever the self-made man and self-made woman, and, you know, they stand up and they say, look what I've done, look what I've done. And, And we as Christians know, and we understand, that it is not by our power that we are able to gain wealth. It is not by our power that we can do anything. But here's verse 18. And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he, church, it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Amen? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you, Lord, every gift, every giver this morning. Father, we just thank you, Lord, that you abundantly bless us, Father. In so many ways, not just financially, but in so many ways. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you're opening up the floodgates of heaven, that our our barns will be overflowing, Father God, that our vats will be overflowing in full. Lord, not so that we can hold on to it and keep it, Lord, so that we can be a distribution center for you. Lord, to do your work, to expand your kingdom, and we thank you for it. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. All right, Chet, thank you. Rich, you want to give this testimony, baby? You got that microphone? That's a testimony. <laughs> Good morning. So, uh, let's see here. Where do I want to start? Because this is amazing. God is good. You know the thing I love about God is he goes with us. We are, he's in us, right? Say, God is in me. God is in you, and as you go, he goes with you, right? Mm. So this last week, wherever I go, I, I love men's ministry. I, I lead men to men, and I love men because he needs us. He has need of men, and men are so important to yeah. God's kingdom. He created men and said, I need a helpmate. He gave us women. Mm. Praise God. So as I go, I'm always like, hey, how you doing? My name's Rich. Uh, you know, <laughs> um, hey, there's this thing called men to men. You want to come? And I'm an inviter. Because I know it's important. I put value in coming together as a body of Christ. So Thursday, we pre-meet for Columbus Men to Men. And uh, after we met, we were late in getting out of there, and yada, yada, yada. And here comes a guy I know from many years ago. I haven't seen him in a long time. Mm. Hey, how you doing? Well, what are you doing this Saturday? Oh, you come from Spartansburg. Hmm, that's close to Columbus. Mm. Columbus is by Corey, just so you know. And... Well, I got to work late. I don't get out of work till 2 in the morning, yada, yada, yada. I'm like, well, whatever. Why don't you, why don't you come? Gave him the address, got his phone number. Get the phone number. Contact. Follow up, right? That's important <laughs> stuff is you got to connect with people. 13 times if you want them to really engage with you. So I gave him the information. But then my next step is to pray. Father God, your word says, ask and you shall receive. Seek and you will find. Knock the door will be open to you. Whatever gives my Father glory, I'll do it. Father, I know this man wasn't by chance 
And there's a backstory to this, that he was at this place at this time, at the exact moment that I could invite him. So fast forward to Saturday. You know, I prayed over him. I've given it to God. It's not between me and that man. It's between God doing what God does, being God. Thank you, Lord. It makes my job real easy, you know. So Saturday morning, we're going down to Columbus. We're taking Route 8 down there, and rain was, it was a little rainy, slushy, not a big deal. In fact, I tested the brakes on one of the roads because I thought, eh, it's looking a little sketchy. And uh, we're going down the road, and the devil tried to take me out. And I mean, tried to take me out. He did not want me to be there. My truck went sideways. And I mean, I'm cruising on, and I'm taking cruise control off because it's getting ugly, and, and I'm like, okay, back off from 65 down to 55, you know. I, I like to speed. I can't help it. I like going fast. But I slow down, and I notice up ahead of me there's some swishy marks in the road from a car getting weird. So I back down a little bit more. All of a sudden, my truck goes, woof, woof. And I said to my partner, Bob, I said, Bob, hold on. Lord, and I did, I cried out, Lord, Hallelujah. Lord, and, I, and mind you, I have never experienced my truck going, or a vehicle literally on its own going sideways. I forced it, but this was not that case. Whew, whew, and the truck is going, and I'm thinking, there's the ditch, there's the ditch. And I'm watching this, and I'm like, Lord, and I'm just calling out. That's all I'm saying is, Lord, Lord, as that truck came in line. And I don't get excited. When things happen, I don't get excited because I know I have favor with God and man. You know, and he took that truck. And I said, after this is all through, I said to Bob, I said, you know, when I, when I get to heaven, I would like God to show me the rewind of how he <laughs> held my truck right. from going in this ditch or this ditch or that guardrail or that guardrail. Because he, had, he has need of us. See, God has need of me. Amen. He oh, has need yeah. each and every one of you. What he does for me, he'll do for you. And that's what yeah. I love about God. He's no respecter of person or persons. Yeah. So, you know, we shake it off. We get to the meeting, put it in four-wheel drive mode. Not that that'll get you out of it. What'll get you into, it won't get you out of. So anyway, we get to the meeting. The guy invited isn't showing up yet. It's time to start the meeting. Okay, well, whatever. Lord, maybe he's picking his friend up and he's late. So I get a phone call. Hey, Rich, I can't find this place. Praise God. I go outside. I'm like, where are you at? Well, I'm here. Okay. Look for the pine trees. Turn at the pine. Okay. There he is. I said, come on in. The back story of this was when he came to that place where I met him, God had orchestrated perfect timing. We started our meeting half an hour later than we normally do. We ran later than we normally do. He was on his way back from having breakfast with Ryan Spartansburg, and he took a circuitous route. And he said, and he got there at the ideal time, the perfect timing, so he could be invited. And then in that meeting, he bared his heart and boarded. He needed to be there. I mean, God arranged it because he needed. You know, men to men, it's an area where you could bear your, where you're at in life, and it's okay. And nobody judges you. Nobody condemns you because, you know what, we all go through stuff. If you're alive and if you're trying to follow Jesus, you're going to go through some stuff, and it's okay. Because God is with you. He's never forsaken you. He's never released. That dunamis power, that dunamis power that kept my truck on the road, the dunamis power that brought him into that time, at that present time, so he could come. And he was in tears in the meeting. Praise God. You know, and I know God's got a plan and purpose for that man's life. Like he's got a plan and purpose for each and one of us. The dunamis power, as we go, he goes with us. 
we're not alone. Believe it, receive it, walk in it, and speak it out. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Thank you. Thank Thank you. you. Beautiful. You got that? All right. I had no idea what his testimony was going to be about, but it absolutely goes completely with my message. So that's, again, the Holy Spirit working his power. Okay, open up your Bibles uh, to Acts chapter 2. And we are in the midst of a series uh, called Spiritual Disciplines. And we've been walking through the different spiritual disciplines that uh, we see in the book of Acts in the early church. And we're walking through each of those and just looking at each one individually and saying, what can I learn here? What can I do? How can I, how can I gain some wisdom and understanding in this? And I'm going to start in verse 46. And we normally start in 42, but for the sake of time, I'm going to, going to start in verse 46. It says, so continually daily, with one accord in the temple, and breaking bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. So we have a chart that we like to put up here. We'll we'll throw this chart up, and you can see all the different uh, spiritual disciplines that are in this passage of Scripture. It talks about giving. It talks about studying God's word. It talks about worship. It talks about church attendance. It talks about home fellowship. It talks about serving and breaking bread together and praying. And this morning, I want to focus on this, the other aspect of fellowship. It's the other aspect of getting together with somebody and beginning a relationship and, a, and this sense of discipleship and a relationship with each other. I'm going to walk through that this morning. But here's what I would tell you about these uh, all of these spiritual disciplines. As you know, I think Pastor Andy said last week, uh, well, all of you know that I'm a huge sports fan, and I always use sports analogies, so guess what? I have a sports analogy today. Uh, so we were watching the NCAA, the College Wrestling Championships, last weekend. And as I was thinking about this message, what I realized is there are 10 national champions that get crowned at the 10 individual weight classes. There's only 10. Only one can stand up at the top of the podium. Then there's second place, third place, and all these others. Here is what was common about every one of them. It wasn't that they had the most strength or the most flexibility or anything else like that. What was common amongst all of them is they were the best all-around wrestler at their weight class. Their defense... Their offense, like, they were the best defensive wrestlers, they didn't win. The best offensive wrestler didn't win. But it was the best wrestler who had all of the disciplines, all of them as he, as he was working on each and every one of them, that he was able to win that national championship. And so that's why we're talking about these, is because every one of them is important. Not one of them is more important than the other one, or one of them less important than anything else. These are all spiritual disciplines that I want each and every one of us to grow in as we go. So let me ask you a question this morning. How many of you want to know how to make a disciple? Let me see. How many of you want to know how to make a disciple? That's good. There's some interest here because I'm pretty sure the Lord commands us to go and make disciples. So let's look at that verse real quick. Matthew 28. Matthew 28, starting in verse 18. It says, And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Can we just stop right there just for a minute? 
before he's even talking about disciple-making, before he's even telling us to go, it's a reminder that we can only do it with the help of Jesus. Come on, church. We can only do it with the help of Jesus. What we've been talking about all morning. If you are struggling, you need Jesus. If you're in discouragement, you need Jesus. If you're in joy and everything's going well, guess what? You need Jesus. And we have to stop this turning to Jesus only when I have a problem in my life. And that's what these spiritual disciplines are, is they encourage us to go forward in all these different areas. So it says, and Jesus came and said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Then he says, verse 19, okay, now go, therefore, and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Verse 20, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And then he wraps it up and says basically this, and lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Amen. So I love, I mean, Jesus is is a whole teaching in and of itself here. I'm going to use a different passage of scripture to talk about discipleship and what does it mean to disciple. But he's basically saying we need Jesus to help us do this. So he tells us, And then he tells us what to go do, and he says, oh yeah, by the way, it's not going to be easy, it's not going to be a piece of cake to go make a disciple, and so you don't forget, I'm going to be with you to the end of the age, throughout every single time as you go and walk through this. As we looked earlier at that scripture in Acts, something that jumped out at me, which I thought was very interesting, is a couple things. One is as they were continuing daily, they were meeting in the temple, and they were meeting house to house. They were meeting in the temple, and they were meeting house to house. How many of you understand that discipleship doesn't happen on a Sunday morning? It doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. Pieces of it happen, a bit of it happens, but discipleship itself does not happen on a Sunday morning. It's almost like God didn't create it that way. It's impossible for it to work that way. Sunday morning has a separate type of anointing. There's the corporate anointing, there's the anointing for healing and the worshiping together, together, all those things happen, but they also can happen in home-to-home fellowship. So how many of you would look at me and say, okay, Pastor Jason, you know, let me, tell me about your parenting skills. How are you raising your children? And here's, the, here's what I tell you. Every Tuesday night, I sit my children down and I open up my Bible And I make them sing a song, Jesus loves me, this I know. And then I do some expository teaching out of the Bible, and I'm working on the book of of Romans right now. We're walking through, this is a story, this isn't actually happening, okay. All right, and so I do this expository teaching for an hour, and you're like, whoa, Pastor Jason, you are an incredible discipler of your children. This is amazing, I want to learn from you. And then I tell you that on Tuesday night after that's done, I walk away. In fact, I leave the house and I don't come back again until next Tuesday night when it's time again to have the teaching from the father of the home. And you'd be like, dude, that's terrible. Like, how are your kids going to learn anything? You're not even there with them. You're not with them. You're not, I mean, what about the issue they have on Wednesday morning? How are you talking to them? Well, I'm, I'm not there. I have a set time. 
this is my discipleship program, and it happens on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m. You all think I was crazy, right? You're like, that's not discipleship. What are you talking about? Well, guess what, guys? Sunday mornings only is not discipleship. It doesn't happen like that. As the early church says, they met at the temple, but they met in the homes. They broke bread. They met together. They had relationships with each other. And it's interesting that the Lord talks about they met in the temple, then they went to the homes, they broke bread together, they worshiped together, they prayed together, they had favor with each other. Then the Lord added daily those who are being saved. Well, do you mean that there is a correlation between us meeting together and fellowshipping together and the Lord adding daily to the church? Yes. Because I'm telling you that the way of the future, of, I'm telling you that the, from the church perspective, the way that the church will grow in the future is not necessarily, I mean, praise God for tent meetings. And I know there's actually some coming and I, and I want to see those happen. But the actual, the way the church is going to grow in the future is through relationships. Through one-to-one relationships. That you have a relationship with someone at work. Somebody who you know, who you've met before. And you invite them. And you talk to them. And you follow up with them. And you call them. And you text them. And you invite them into your home. Or even if you invite them to church. It's about relationships. This is how the Lord is moving in this time and in this generation. With, I mean, guys, every, all the millennials and all these, all they see YouTube. They, nothing surprises anybody anymore. We're not looking for shock factor. We're not looking for anything. We're looking for a deep relationship, one to another. This is how discipleship is done. As we go, as we walk, as we wake, as we sleep, this is what discipleship really means. So turn with me uh, to Deuteronomy chapter 11. And while you're turning there, I'm just going to ma- mention a few things um, I think the future of the church and discipleship, like I said, I believe it's going to begin to look different than it has in the past. And I believe that this pandemic and all the stuff that has happened has been, I hope, has been a wake-up call to the church of God. Because I'll tell you what, it's a wake-up call to me. It was a wake-up call to me saying... We, as a church, can no longer do the same things that we used to do and think that they're going to be, have the same success as they used to have. We have to change the way we do things. And we have changed the way we do things. And we're going to continue to change the way we do things. This is a new time and a new season. And we know that Jesus will return at some point in time. He's coming back for his bride. And who is his bride? The church. Who is the church? You, 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 and you. Not the building, the people. We are the church. So Deuteronomy 11, I'm going to skip a couple of those slides there for the sake of time. Starting in verse 18. And I believe that this is a model that that the Bible lays out about how to make a disciple. How do, we see the, how do we see the word, the scripture, showing us how to make disciples? It says, therefore, starting in verse 18, therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. 
So the first part of making disciples, this goes to parenting as well, guys. And that's why I use that analogy for those parents which we prayed for earlier and families getting strengthening. This is the same way we disciple our children as we disciple one another. Is the very first thing is we have to know the word. We have to know the word. Therefore, you shall lay up these words of mine in your heart and in your soul. It doesn't mean you have to be a Bible expert. It doesn't mean you have to have memorized a thousand scriptures. It doesn't mean any of that. It means that you have to understand who Jesus is in your heart, that you've accepted him as your Lord and Savior. It's the very first way to becoming, making other disciples is you have to be a disciple. You have to know the word. You have to understand God's goodness and faithfulness. It says, and then it says, and bind them as a sign on your hand, and they shall be as frontlets between your eyes. So here's what, here's what this jumped out as me. is not only do we have to know the word, we have to apply the word. And I love that the, the scripture uses our hands and our eyes, because how, no matter what you're doing besides sleeping, which is hard to make disciples while you're sleeping, no matter what you're doing, we're almost always using our hands and our eyes, are we not? Think about any vocation, any job, teacher, plumber, carpenter, preacher, right? Oh, we're using our hands and we're using our eyes. And it's interesting that the Lord puts these things in these order and says, first we have to understand the word, but we have to apply it. Parents, as you're discipling your children... It does them no good to sit them down and have them memorize 10 scripture verses and then never actually apply any of those 10 scripture verses throughout the days and the weeks of their lives. The most powerful way to teach, the most powerful way to disciple is to show someone else you applying that word into a situation. And in our home, when we apply the words, like we actually apply the words in our life. If we have lost our car keys, guess what? We start praying about where the car keys are. Now, granted, I do have a tile app, you know, for every set of car keys now because I'm, we're always looking for our car keys, right? But, okay, there's wisdom and the Lord gives us wisdom in certain things. But every situation that we have, when our kids see us modeling, like, look, let's stop and pray. Noel's not feeling well? Hey, let's stop and pray for Noel. Someone's having an issue, let's stop and pray for them. Let's begin to apply the word. So it's knowing the word is only part of it. It doesn't do you any good if you know all the word and you never apply any of it. Part of being, making a disciple is applying this word day in and day out. We have one of our little ones, and I won't mention their name, had been struggling to sleep at night. And it's like, you know, I, I, I hear things, or I feel like I'm seeing things, this or that. And we said, you know what? Now, if I was only doing anything with them on Tuesday nights at 7 p.m., this wouldn't work. You understand what I'm saying? So we went into his room, and we begin to pray and say, look, in the name of Jesus, nothing in here. Of course, I gave it away since I have one boy. You all figured that out, didn't you? <laughs> yeah. Anonymity, that's hard, yeah. Okay, pretend like you don't know. So we went, we went into the room, and we began to pray and speak and say, you know what, in the name of Jesus, if there is anything in here that shouldn't be in here, it needs to go in the name of Jesus. And we begin to say, let's find a scripture verse that applies to sleeping. 
And we looked up and we found uh, Psalm chapter uh, 4, verse 8. And every single night we say that together. Every single night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, we say that. That our sleep will be sweet. That we will lie down in peace. And that the Lord our Savior is the one who is with us and for us. And we we speak the word over and over and over again. And it's working. And it's working. And that's what discipleship is. That doesn't happen on a Sunday morning, right? That happens when there's relationships and people coming together and, and being open and honest about what's actually happening in your life. This is, the, this is the layover from two weeks ago. The message about us having to share and confess our things that we're struggling with. I'm struggling with this. I'm struggling with that. That's how discipleship begins to happen. So not just applying the word, we have to know the word and apply the word. And then verse 19 says this. And you shall teach them to your children. And here's the interesting thing. This word teach here actually means exercise. Wait. You mean it doesn't mean just like, you know, get up and have like a nice three-point sermon regarding this? No, it actually means exercise. And what is exercise? Something you need to do over and over. Like if I went to the gym just once and expected a ton of results to come out of it, you'd be like, what are you doing? That's not going to work. But if you go on a regular basis and you begin to exercise this and exercise this and walk through these issues of life together with others, with your spouses, with your kids, with those who God has placed in your life, that is how discipleship happens. You shall teach them to your children, speaking of them when you sit down in your house and when you walk by the way. And here's, here's what I love about this. This means wherever you go. Wherever you go. Doesn't just happen in the house, it happens at the grocery store. If you're, when you're with someone and you have a friendship with someone and they're struggling with something, it happens when you're out at lunch and you talk about it over dinner, over breakfast, over coffee. This is how discipleship works, is sharing the word as you go. You have to know it, but you have to apply it, and then you have to share it. And we share that word as we go inside the home, outside the home. That verse, back to that verse says, and when you lie down and when you rise up. From morning to night, beginning to end, Jesus has called us to make disciples. It's not a, it's, this is a command that Jesus gave. He said, go and make disciples. It wasn't like, hey, just the pastors go and make disciples. It wasn't just the worship leaders go and make disciples. He was talking to his disciples. How many of you are a disciple of Jesus? That means each and every one of us has a command and a calling to make disciples. You say, well, who who am I supposed to make? Who has God placed in your life? For many of us, it's our children. It's the kids that are right in front of us. It's our friends that he's placed in our life. It's our neighbors that he's put us around. It's our coworkers that we're around. This is who God is calling us to make disciples with. Verse 20 then says, And you shall write them on the doorposts of your house and on your gates. Verse 21, that your days and the days of your children may be multiplied. This is the results of discipleship process. I'm going to get into this more next week. But this is the result of the discipleship process. Is that the days of your children, 
may be multiplied in the land to which the Lord swore to your fathers to give them, like the days of the heavens above the earth. Worship team, you want to come back up, or at least Jake, come back up. I have some other things that I'm going to share regarding this next week, regarding kind of what is the next step. So this is great. So I'm inspired. I need to go make disciples. And you're beginning to lay out this process for me. But what do I go do next? And there's some things I want to talk about next. But this morning, I just feel in my heart that I need to end today talking about God's power. Because at the end of the day, discipleship doesn't happen without God's power. And I want to read some scriptures to you as Jake plays behind. And I want you just to begin to hear what the Lord says in his word about his power. And whatever issue you walked in with this morning, whatever issue that it is that you have that you walked in with, maybe it was a parenting challenge, maybe it was a relational challenge, maybe it was a work challenge, no matter what it is, I want you to release it to God today. Because what God is saying this morning is that it is his power that is at work in your life. It is his power that took his truck, Rich's truck, and put it back on the road. It is his power that will give you that supernatural patience for every mom that was prayed for this morning. It is his power that will give every, every uh, dad in here the supernatural gentleness because it's not on our own strength and we can't do it alone. So just close your eyes this morning. Think of that issue that you walked in with that you're just going to release to God today. The Bible says these things about power. For God gave us not a spirit of fear, but of power, of love, and of self-control. Bible says, yet you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and the Samaria and to the end of the earth. For the kingdom of God does not consist in talk, but in power. And God raised the Lord and will also raise us up by his power. that you may be strengthened with all power according to his glorious might, for all endurance and patience with joy. That your faith might not rest in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Everyone's eyes closed this morning to something specific. If you're battling discouragement, in any way, shape, or form. Everyone's eyes are closed. Just slip your hand up this morning. If you're battling discouragement, slip your hand up this morning. Bible says this to you. His divine power has granted us all things that pertain to life and godliness through the knowledge of Him who has called us to His own glory and excellence. That may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace and believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope 
You came in here discouraged. You're leaving here with hope. Let me read that one again. Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. Awesome is God from His sanctuary, the God of Israel. He is the one who gives power and strength to His people. Blessed be God. Lord God, it is You who have made the heavens and the earth by Your great power, by Your outstretched arm. Nothing is too hard for you. So Lord, as we close this morning, Father, we thank you for your power. Your power to touch lives, to change situations, to draw people back to you, to mend relationships, to invade circumstances and situations as we call out your name. And so, Father, we just pray over every person here this morning. Father, we speak to discouragement. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. We tell it to go in Jesus' name. Father, we turn our eyes to you, and our hope is with you. And we worship you this morning. In your precious name we pray. Amen and amen. We have some prayer teams that are going to come up here. I want to read just a benediction to you guys. Let me ask you a couple questions. If you need prayer for anything in your life, these prayer teams will be up here and they can pray for you. If you've never made Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, if you've never made that decision and you feel God tugging on your heart, come up here this morning. Let them pray with you. Maybe you've been walking with the Lord in the past and you've just, you've not walking with him anymore. Come up here. They will pray with you. They will encourage you. And you will leave with such hope, I know, in the name of Jesus. So let me just close with this. Now to him, just receive this as a benediction. Now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you faultless before the presence of of his glory, with exceeding joy. To God our Savior, who alone is wise, be glory and majesty, dominion and power, both now and forevermore. Amen and amen. You are dismissed. Go with God's power in your life. Amen.